1: Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito laysnacketespnationcom to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Three of six ends April 3rd, 2023. Void or prohibited. Year's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See
0: official rules at frito It's the Flyers forecast with Steve Jaco and Craig Forsyth. Taking a look at your Flyers week ahead. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Flyers forecast. I am Steve Chico. This is Craig Forsyth and this is our first playoff edition of the Flyers forecast. Yes, we had one for the round robin, but the round robin, well, it might count statistically for the playoffs. Not quite the playoffs as Gary Bettman tried to justify on the draft lottery tonight (sighs) for the first overall pick. You know, it's, it's not the same thing. It's just the qualifiers. Mm-hmm. So these winning teams actually are not playoff teams. All right, Gary, whatever helps you sleep at night, but Whatever helps <laughs> you sleep at night. Craig, how you feeling? I mean, so right now we're doing this an hour
1: after the uh, Rangers won Lafreniere. So I guess a little uh, pissed about that. But overall, I don't fucking if I can get, right now. I'm pretty pumped about the Flyers. The flyers are looking pretty good. I mean, that was clearly good. a conspiracy
0: for Oh, different year, right? yeah, like, yeah. I mean, the way the guy dropped the ball and then picked it back up. Oh, it was the Rangers' ball and they won it. Hmm. <laughs> a little heavy there, huh? Huh? yeah heavy, well, heavy ball?
1: I mean, uh, you know. It's not like you the, know? they've recently won the draft lottery or anything. So there's nothing. That... Oh, they did last Carol year. Carol and
0: HR and get this all figured out. <laughs> Carol! Carol! Who knows if the Rangers really rigged it or not, but the Metro suspiciously gets a Another number of these first round picks, where, or these first overall picks, whereas, you know, say, like, the Wild or the Predators, two franchises that really could desperately need some star power. Nothing.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think the Wild and Preds would have been two places he could have gone where uh, I don't think a lot of people would have been pissed. Uh,
0: especially the Wild. The
1: Wild never have top 10 picks uh and they are never good like they're never really a dangerous team so uh you know they're about to go through a little bit of uh restructuring here so i think they could have used him and nashville too is another team that could use a little bit of fanfare when it comes to getting a draft pick but whatever i mean rangers still have defense they're still they're getting closer i mean they do have a lot of young talent there um and I now they're moving on from long it will be scary in a little bit, I guess, but like, uh, doesn't yeah, At it? At least it wasn't the Penguins, right? Yeah, I'm glad it wasn't Pittsburgh. And also, I don't really, we don't have to worry about that right now. They still have, they still got to figure out their whole defense, uh, outside of Adam Fox. And, uh, right now they're not in the playoffs. The Flyers are, the Flyers are in the playoffs. I want to focus on the Flyers the
0: are not only in the playoffs, Craig, but oh, the Patriots. Flyers. Are your first overall seed in the East?
1: First overall seed, uh, and oh we, wow,
0: wow,
1: we well, indeed! And we kept saying oh, it wow. during the uh, before the round robin and everything started that the flowers are in the best position and could only go up, and that's exactly what happened. Came in fourth, swept the round robin, finished on top. Uh, they beat the Lightning four to one on Saturday to finish first uh, in the Eastern Conference. The Lightning finished second and will take on. Columbus Blue Jackets, so good luck with that. Uh, and then the Caps finished third; they'll take on the Islanders. And the Bruins finished fourth to take on the Hurricanes. So all those, I mean, all those uh, series are pretty interesting. I mean, they've all played each other recently in the playoffs. And uh, I, I don't know the way the Boston's looked. uh I don't know; wouldn't put the Hurricanes down exactly at. Uh, I think they have a chance of being Boston. And uh, oh,
0: I think that's going to be a good series.
1: Yeah, I think all of them could. I mean. Honestly, I think this series, the Flyers-Canadian series, might be the series that is going to be the least closest. It's going to be the one that there's obviously... That would be my guess, uh, looking at the other matchups. Just because, I mean, Columbus did all right against the Lightning last year. uh, And then the Islanders and Caps are kind of... I mean, I, I can see how that series would be close. And uh, the Caps really don't make things easy in the postseason. Like, they'll beat teams, but they usually drag things out until the sixth or seventh game. It's never really, like, I don't know.
0: Oh, the Caps are the kings of seven-game series.
1: Yeah, they're, like, the They're, they're kind not of... the kings
0: of winning them, necessarily. But the kings <laughs> yeah. of getting into them.
1: Yeah, I just, like, kind of, I don't know. Like, I feel, what was it, they had the comeback... uh 2018 they won the cup in well they won the cup in five games but they came back and beat the lightning at six beat the penguins in six like it was never anyway yeah all the series are gonna be good but the flyers i think the flyers uh they should have the biggest advantage on the canadians but i don't think it's gonna look that way if that makes sense i think uh well let's get into it you want to talk about the series or the schedule first like the you talk about x's and o's or when people should get ready for this series
0: well, let's start it off by talking about when people should get ready for this. Get, yeah. Getting ready for some hockey! And I can run down the schedule real quick oh, yeah, we go. Wednesday night party when all your <laughs> mo- moderately rowdy friends are coming over for hockey. Uh, a couple
1: friends. They'll leave at a decent hour because they got to work the next day.
0: But they actually can't come over, so they're just going to be socially distanced or, you know, Same zooming call. in. Yeah. yeah, Zoom
1: call, you drink a couple beers, and then that's it, yeah.
0: Which is totally the same. You know, you're not going to be worrying about having <laughs> different levels of feeds, right? Where, you know, one guy's got the game coming in on the internet, so it's a little slower. The other guy's got it coming in. <laughs> no, nothing like that will happen at all. That no, sounds terrible. Ugh, but whatever you and your moderately rowdy friends are doing, Wednesday night <laughs> is when the series starts. Wednesday, 8 p.m., NBCSN, then... Game two Friday three p.m. on NBC. Yeah, that's a big one. S.N. That's a three p.m. game. So I don't know if you got to call out sick. I don't know if you're just gonna work through it, but you know, it's it's Friday afternoon hockey, and I am here for it. I'll yeah. figure it out.
1: Oh yeah, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be watching that. I'll be front and center. I'm ready for that one. But that is then uh...
0: some reason. For some reason, Sunday's game is at 8 p.m. on NBC. I, you know, the 3 p.m. came on Friday and then the 8 p.m. came on Sunday. <laughs> that's, that's madness. I'll take
1: it. I mean, I like it. That's uh, fine. I mean, I, I uh, you know, Friday at 3 is far from me. That's going to be, I think that's going to be the one game in the series that people are just going to have to, I mean, Tuesday at 3 exactly isn't easier. It isn't uh, any easier, but uh, that might be, uh, I, I don't know if this is a, uh... I'm fine with Friday 6, at 3. At 3. Yeah.
0: I think Sunday at 8 is is a little much.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, that's, that's fair. But I guess, uh, I mean, it looks like uh, we're still going to get a lot of the early games, too. I mean, it looks like they're starting at 3 now instead of noon, which makes sense. Uh, I'm still waiting on just prime time because I'm trying to get shit done during the day. But uh, the 3 p.m. starts are interesting. And I will, I mean, I don't think it's going to change an approach or anything.
0: I mean, I think we're just going to see the same
1: same type of game oh no i mean they've yeah. been dealing worth... with
0: differing times the entire time i'm yeah. talking as a viewer i don't you know oh yeah, who's gonna <laughs> yeah. prepare for worth... whatever yeah they're in the bubble they're in the bubble and once you're in the bubble you adapt to the bubble or you die you well, become the not bubble the way to yeah. phrase it but you know you become that's the bubble not, yeah. that's a better yeah. Way, yeah. way to phrase it that's yeah. a lot better right <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. so but, game uh... one wednesday game two friday game three sunday at 8 p.m. game four tuesday at 3 p.m. if there's a game 5 it'll be back to back on wednesday but, you know, that's what the forecast next week's for uh, game five, Wednesday the 19th, game six, Friday, the 21st and game seven, Sunday, the 23rd. So largely sticking with the same days of the week, with the exception of game four.
1: Yeah, yeah. And um, I mean, I just I, I just I want to talk about the series now. Let's let's get into the series, because I think it's it's going to be a weird one to me because. The Flyers have more talent. They're the more skilled team. Uh, I think they're better down the middle. I think their system is more effective, and the Flyers are able to play it to a T better than the Canadians can play theirs. And uh, I think a lot of the stuff, I think the Penguins held out the Habs more than people want to give, not the Penguins credit, but I guess point out that the Penguins kind of didn't
0: have a great
1: series against Montreal
0: but I think that the Habs really played about as well as they could have against the Penguins and the Penguins didn't necessarily bring their a game. So I think uh, it that's a good way to put definitely that. a combination of the Penguins, not really showing up for uh, clutch time and Montreal being uh, prepared and Carrie price, catching fire being well-rested nappy time for carry. And <laughs> it all worked out.
1: Yeah. Uh, and would so you I...
0: say before we, we move on with this conversation, would you say that this, is the ideal matchup for the Flyers here. This is really, if you, you know, if you're Chucky oh. Two Trades here, if you're Chuck Fletcher, if you're Big Al, Lane yo, is this the matchup you were looking for out of all the Eastern Conference matchups?
1: So out of all the Eastern Conference matchups we could have gotten, I'm just going to say yes, because they're playing the 12th seed. Uh, but I think, like, the way it works out is the Flyers should crush them, and I think the series is never going to actually be in doubt. But I think the way the Canadians are built, it's not going to be as easy as like you would think that the Flyers should just walk in there and cross from every game. But I think the game is going to be a lot closer. And I think the Flyers are ultimately going to win in like five games. But they could be lower scoring and there could be times where it gets a little anxious late in games because either Carey price is keeping the team in it or the the canadians deaths have just been able to kind of break even with the flyers and they're not able to get through like there are the canadians don't have top end talent so there's really nobody to kind of hone in on and take away from them to succeed offensively they just kind of have offense uh spread about so what i'm talking about is uh thomas tatar and brendan gallagher were the only 20 goal scorers on the team they each had 22 max domi had 17 and he was their third leading goal scorer. And I believe he's been playing on the fourth line with Dale Weiss. So, and Joel Armia had 16, Shay Weber had 15. So there's not a go to guy, but then they spread out the names throughout the lineup and they have four lines that could kind of hang, or three lines, I should say, that could kind of hang with most teams. But you're not really, you're not really scared of them offensively. It's just kind of they're going to. Usually throughout the season, they were they were killing teams by just uh, out chancing and getting more shot attempts than people. But that's not really what's been going on the postseason. And in the postseason, when you look at their uh, their top six, uh, they switched it up. The main line during the season was Brendan Gallagher, Philip Deneau and Thomas Tatar. That would have been the one line that they went to this postseason. It would have been, okay, put on that line. I don't care about the rest of the Canadiens' depth. Uh, Claude Julien, though, decided to switch it up during the Penguin series. I think the last two games, he went with um, Artary Lekin and Philip Deneau and Paul Byron, as well as Gallagher, Nick Suzuki, and Tatar in the top six. So then you put Deneau, who is a player, uh, I mean, who's pretty good uh, in terms of, like, defensive impact on the team. Uh, whenever he's on the ice, Canadians limit the chances against him. He usually drives play pretty well, and he's one of the better play-driving centers uh, in terms of underlying numbers in the league, but he just doesn't produce. So, like, when he's on the ice with Lekkanen and Paul Byron, that's a line that could kind of go toe-to-toe with one of the Flyers lines uh, and kind of break even in goals. But, like, you know the Flyers line is more talented. Like, I can see the Canadians' top nine is kind of breaking even with the Flyers, and then they just kind of hope that they edge out a one nothing two one win, while getting shellacked in terms of possession or something like that. Like they're gonna, I don't know. It's gonna be the same type of series that they just had against the Penguins, but I don't think the Flyers are gonna give the Canadians what the Penguins gave them. There's no Jack Johnson pair, right? Like Jack Johnson and uh, Justin Schultz were on the ice for, I think five of the goals against in that series against Canadians. There weren't a lot of goals to go around.
0: Um, Right. Like There's... the closest you have to a Jack Johnson on the Flyers would be, I don't know, Braun, Hag, or I guess Goss Despair, depending on who's well, in. Yeah. And, and even with, you know, Goss Despair, you have the offensive component. When he brings it, he really brings it. With Hag, I would say even at his worst, and we're not the biggest Robert Hag fans on the show, Hag, Hag, yeah. whatever. Uh, we don't even like, bother to get his name right. Uh, <laughs> even though we're not the biggest fans of his, he's still, you know, miles better than Jack Johnson and Justin Braun. While he is not the fastest skater out there, he's very crafty and his positioning is usually very good. And uh, Braun is as a far preferable option to Jack Johnson.
1: Yeah. Like I, and both of like, I'm not a big fan of Braun uh, Hag. And I think we've talked about that at length, but even if you roll with them, instead of putting ghost in, I don't think Hag and Braun could cost the flyers as many goals as Johnson, Johnson and Schultz did. And that's even after the fact of, like, I think the Flyers are going to offer more support and not let it get to that point. Uh, they'll do a better job of that than the Penguins did on making sure the Canadians couldn't take advantage of that pair, if that makes sense. Like, a lot of the pitfalls that cost the Penguins in that series, like, I, I like they kind of gave... There are a lot of cheap goals for Murray in that series. That last game, when, like, the last game winning goal in Game 4, there were five, all five of the Penguins... We're surrounding the net and could not keep blacking it from putting the puck in. Look at the three goals the Flyers get from round robin, and think about how the Flyers are playing defensively. Like that's not, like that's the thing that the Canadians I think had the bank on here is that they're able to break even, and then they get a couple of these weird fluky bounces. That the way the Flyers are playing right now, even if one of those bounces goes against them, I don't think it's going to become a mental thing. Like the Flyers have just kept trucking through. Everything here. I think the closest thing they actually had to like what would it call like an uh oh moment was when the Bruins made it two to one in the game on Sunday, and then Phil Myers scored immediately after that, like eight seconds later. So I think it's just like a series like this would. I would be more scared if I thought like the Flyers, if the Flyers weren't looking the way they've looked. Coming back into the bubble, I think I'll be more scared of it. Like, if they looked amazing into the pause and then there's been a couple blips during like the round robin play, I think it'd be more nervous about it. But
0: the way yeah, I'd looked... say, I'd also argue that the Flyers had a really tough third period against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah, but that's the Tampa Bay Lightning who have an amazing offense. Yeah. And Montreal does not even begin to touch that. I mean, it, just looking at the contributors from Montreal offensively, I mean, they got a lot from their defense. Like, uh, they're more similar to to Columbus, really, as far as threats go than anybody. And even then, like Columbus, you know, with Wierenski and Jones are, are much more of a threat. I mean, you look at uh, Jeff Petrie had a couple of nice goals. Uh, Shea Weber uh, was mm-hmm. a really big force. But, I mean, those are the guys that are some of their biggest contributors you know and again they're on the defensive side of the puck
1: yeah and I think and going into the defense real quick i'll try and like reiterate or kind of explain better the point i was trying to make earlier the Canadians all year have been one of the better teams in terms of trading offensive chances and then leading the league in terms of like crazy forward percentage and expected goals forward percentage they real they win the puck possession battle even though it may not result in wins and goals but how they play in the postseason and how they would have to play to, uh, I think, beat the Flyers kind of flies in the face of that. I don't know if they can really, like, I don't know if they can really trade chances with the Flyers. I know they did during the regular season, but, I mean, we'll get that in that a second. Uh, their defense, though, Brett Kulak and Jeff Petrie are a lot better than I think people recognize. Uh, and you've talked about, you've been mentioning Petrie a little bit here, and he had a couple big goals in that series against the Penguins. Uh, I don't know if they can really Angle not happening again against Carter Hart. But um, uh, the, this pair, Kulak and Petrie, uh, are one of 41 pairs that played 500 uh, five and five minutes together during the regular season uh, or more. And they finished first with a 60.66 expected goals for percentage and had the fourth lowest uh, expected goals against for 60 with 1.94. Uh, and they finished with 22 goals and 21 goals against. They barely meet that met that cutoff, but that's still pretty good to finish at the top of all those defensive pairs with that level of expected goals for percentage while limiting the number of goals against. Uh, and also Ben Sherrod and Jay Weber is the other top pair they've been using uh, throughout the season and who they were using a lot in the first round. And uh, yeah, Weber had a pretty big goal, I think, in game three, game two. Uh, but out of those 41 pairs, they finished sixth with 54.36 expected goals for percentage. But what makes that pair interesting, or would I would like to point out when it comes to uh, why I don't think I'd be that scared about the top four, is even though they led the quality chances battle, they still lost the goal battle 31-36, to 36, and they finished 31st with 2.6 expected goals against for 60. Uh, first with the most amount of expected goals for 60, then 31st out of 41 pairs in terms of limiting quality chances against. So when you hear the name Shea Weber, you think of shutdown defensemen. Uh, a guy that
0: booming I think, slap shot. <laughs> I, think
1: <laughs> I think about that one night many years ago in July of 2012 No, I think of but you know Shea Weber like why did Paul Holmgren go get him because he is the defensive defenseman he's the guy that's going to clear the crease throw his weight arounds you know all this type of stuff but these numbers indicate that him and Sherrod have kind of been playing a style of play that is they're just willing to
0: they're willing to give up
1: some offensive chances because they know they're going to get more in the end. So they're not taking anything away offensively. It's kind of more just Sherrod and Weber have been pretty good together uh, in terms of producing uh, scoring chances and not really yielding them. So one of those two pairs, like Sherrod Weber is going to have to go up against Drew Katori Vorachek, slash Farabee, slash whoever, and Law and Hayes connect Like that's the thing we got to, one of those lines that has an undersized center, and what, whichever one of these defensive pairs is going to have to go up against Katoria or Hayes. So I think Katoria and Hayes are just going to dominate the ice in the top, in the battle of the top sixes. Like I, I don't know, but uh, even behind even beyond that top four too, Victor Mete and Xavier Ouellette, their third pairing, I, I don't think Claude Julien wants to use them. Uh, they played uh, they only played ten minutes together throughout the whole entire regular season. Uh, this is Mete's first playoffs, first postseason. This is Ouellette's, uh technically his second. He played a game with Detroit back in 2014. But like, uh, Mete's an offensive defenseman who just can't get the puck out of his own zone. Uh, not really good at uh, defense that much either. And also, Ulette has played 12 games this season and 76 total games since 2017 18. So I don't think the Flyers really had that pair that he can pinpoint. The Penguins had Johnson and Schultz. Mete and Ulette, like, I. I would find it hard to believe that AV is not going to figure out a time and place to get that haze line out there against Matt and Ouellette in the defensive zone. Like that's another thing you got to factor in too. is just AV being able to exploit the weak points on the Canadians.
0: And, and I mean, that's where the, the first overall uh, really comes in and is an advantage for the Flyers is being able to play those matchups. And the uh-huh. fact is throughout the entire Eastern conference playoffs, uh, portion of the playoffs, if the Flyers make it, you know, oh, so far. AV's going to be able to have th- those advantages in most of the games.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and that's and it's a huge thing. When it, I mean, I don't know how much... Like,
0: we joked around about Carter Hart being much better at home because of home cooking or having his bedroom or whatever. <laughs> but that It's that last change that's really the big factor there and being able yeah. to exploit those matchups.
1: Yeah, and again, like the thing with the canadians is they don't have that one line they, that's why it's going to be weird is because they don't have that one unit you have to take away and you're like all right that's contoria's job that that's it they really have it's a weird sense of depth but it's not like really threatening depth if
0: that makes sense it's
1: not like oh well no, it, it makes 100 yeah so it's like well like, because
0: they're i mean they're just a mediocre team the they're really day. they're like if they're
1: the, it's like they're the twelfth seed in the Eastern Conference, almost. It's kind of
0: right, fun. right. Like there they, like, were the Flyers have cool. been for like a couple of years. Yeah, really. so that's pretty I much. Mean, much they, yeah. they are, and it's not an insult to the Canadians. They that's just the level of yeah, talent on take this insult. team right now. They, they. I mean, yeah. Who cares? I'll insult them. But I mean, the Canadians <laughs> fans are listening to this. This is not oh, cast in French. I'm taking shots. That's right. Oh, babe. <laughs> I mean, but th- this is not a team with a ton of threats, but they can between having good solid defense and great goaltending win some games. That's what it comes down to. And yeah, you can steal games in the playoffs by doing that. I mean, you look over at the Islanders and their great head coach has basically made a career off of doing that.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh and I feel like I feel like the Coyotes and uh yeah, and the Islanders, they're the two like two best examples of that right now in terms of just teams that are built to like funnel in defensive chances against a certain way and just kind of counterattack and build off that. Um, And it's effective. uh, But I think like the Canadians, that's the same way the Canadians are going to have to play, but that's not the way they're, they're used to playing. Uh, And if they try and play their game, I mean, uh, looking at the season series, we haven't really gotten into the Flyers played them twice in November, won both games in November, but that was before the Flyers were really, the Flyers pretty much still beat them now. Uh, 3-2 to win in Philly on November 17th. It was Couturier's uh, overtime winner it was a really leaky shot on Price that ended up going in. But that game was the Flyers jumped out to a 2-0 lead. Kind of had a hold on the game and then instead of being really aggressive and forechecking even harder in the third period like they've become accustomed to and was kind of led to success all season, they sat back and the Canadians uh, let the Canadians kind of produce in the third and then they they got back to the game. Uh, the uh, they beat them four to three in Montreal in overtime on November thirteenth. That was the Pro game winner where he went uh, not to went coast to coast and uh, embarrassed everybody along the way. And that game oh, was that a was so good. That was the spice yeah, of it right there. Yeah, yeah. So again, that's going to be uh, they got to worry about shutting down Pro Bowl too, on top of uh, you know all the forwards and everything. Um off, it all feels outshot forty two. Let's 42, not forget Sandheim either.
0: I know yeah. you don't ever forget Sandheim, but no, I mean, there's... just thinking about that offensive component and yeah. that, that goal he had the other day, I just can't get over yeah. how beautiful that goal
1: was. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, and they, they're they going to have to, you know, we're talking about the lineups, uh, the lines matching just for the forwards, but like, yeah, they're going to have to, like Myers and Sandheim should get chances and Provov. You- and ghost, if he's healthy, and if and ghost players. is in there, yeah. And yeah. ghost
0: looked, you know, ghost had some good offensive chances in that game yeah. against Tampa Bay. And I mean, the Flyers' depth is really what has impressed through these round robin games. The fact that they won that Tampa Bay game based off of two goals from Nicholas Abe Kubel, the NAKGB yeah. is just out in droves for Abe Kubel after that performance. Like yeah. NAK, man, showed up. And yeah. the fact that you're getting goals from somebody like him, Scott Lawton's been producing like he has, and you have not seen really much offense from the top line at all. I've like, yeah. seen the second line produced yeah. with uh, Konechny and Hayes, but like Drew, Voracek, Katori those guys, while they're playing pretty good hockey, I mean, they're not putting up a lot of numbers right so, now. And yeah. th- this Do is that. where I really think this series, you might actually see them step up because the Montreal doesn't have that, that opposing shutdown line. Like, Weber might be able to shut them down to a degree, but I don't know. It's just, it, the fact is, when you play Tampa Bay, when you play Boston, Boston's got their so-called perfection line, blow it at your asses. Uh, yeah, I mean, but, like, when you're playing Boston, Couturier and Giroux are pretty much almost nullified trying to shut down that line. Like, yeah. that's just, and that's where you have to have that depth.
1: Yeah. Oh, no. Okay. So, and that's a great point. And I'll, I was going to read off some more round Robin numbers, to get everybody pumped, but yeah, you're right. That is, that's the other thing with Canadians is I've been, I kept talking about how they, they might be able to hang with them, but they really don't have like deno is good defensively. And I think he might be able to hamper one of these two top lines, but like, he's not, I don't know. I don't think he's a guy that's going to completely mask Hayes or Couturier and the flyers, that top line during the entire round Robin, they were going up each game, they're going up against the line that could actually hang with them. I don't think the Canadians can really offer that. I mean, like, if they do put together uh, Gallagher, Tatar, and Dano, maybe they might be able to drive play with them. But whoever like if they put that line together, that line might win their battle. But then whoever is free between Drew, Katori, Vorachak, Slash, Faraby, whatever, uh, Law and Hayes connect me is just gonna eat up. Like that's and uh but going back to the round, Robin. Uh so looking at the numbers, the Flyers had a goal differential of 11 to 3. Uh, there were one of two teams that had 10 goals or more. Vegas had 15. And that is, like you're talking about, no goals from Giroux, Couturier, Voracek, JVR, Hayes, or Konechny during those three games. Uh, and then on um, on defense – They've only allowed, uh, they only allowed three goals against, which is the least amount of goals allowed out of the eight round robin teams. Uh, Colorado had five. Everybody else had seven or more. Uh, and two of those three goals were goals that went in off Hag on pretty like kind of fluky plays. And then also their other goal was a a, a, a power play goal against, and it was a play where Katoria, Niskanen, and Provorov all made the wrong read or made a bad decision slash fell over. So if you can if you bank on those guys all making the wrong decision again on the same play, then the Flyers might be in trouble. But all your I think you can count the number of mistakes that those three have kind of made on like they have they've been playing fine all season. They haven't been doing anything wrong. Um yeah. So then um, They've
0: never done anything wrong in their lives. never so they I don't know place. if they've
1: actually yeah, I don't know if they ever got suspended or like if they ever got like a violation, you know. Not a like, mic violation, I mean like a traffic violation or anything. So it's violation. Um, <laughs> Is spilling piping hot coffee in your lap a violation? I feel like that would have been it, It's a huge violation. Yeah. It's
0: the violation. <laughs> that would've been great if Also he... being a Flyers fan, huge violation. <laughs> it would have
1: Yeah, well yeah. He
0: was like, oh yeah. Oh well,
1: Flyers? Yeah, that's a violation. It would have been great uh if he, yeah, he mindless could've... puppets. <laughs> he could have owned that moment if he had spilled the coffee on his groin and looked at the camera and he would just be like yo, that's a violation, and they just moved on. Act like it wasn't piping hot coffee, but it's too late for that anyway. Um, going back to the season series, too, the one game the Flyers did lose, I don't read that much into it because I think it's a little – they lost 4-1 to in Philly on January 16th. Uh, the Flyers kind of played into the Canadiens' hand. Uh, it was the only game all year that the Flyers played – where they had overshot over 40 shots and their opponent had over 40 shots. The Flyers outshot Montreal 41 to 40. Again, that's the kind of shit Montreal wants to get into because they lead the league and Corey's four percentage. I expect the goals four percentage because they're pretty much just trading chances most of the game. Uh, also, Kovalchuk had a two goal game that game. So I don't think we have to worry about Ilya Kovalchuk this series and the Flyers <laughs> Canadian series. Uh, no, also, really. <laughs> also. Uh, it was a back to back. I don't know if you remember how bad the Flyers were at road games and how that was like a serious concern at the time. And everybody knew about it. And like the players were talking about it. Cause like Kevin Hayes had a comment about, we don't know what happens on the road, but you know, yeah. the Flyers the night before had just won an overtime against the Blues in St. Louis. Uh, and then the next night they went and played in Philly. And that was, if, if people don't remember, Hag Freeman were the third pair at that time. So that loss in Philly to Montreal, Hag Freeman were playing. And also, Hart was out at the time. So after Elliot played against the Blues, Alex Lyon was in net against the Canadians. So, like that loss against the Canadians, there's a lot of shit going on there. It wasn't just, uh, oh, Canadians got better of them. This should be a, you know, we should look into this game to see how the Canadians can win. It's like, how Flyers- dare
0: you disrespect <laughs> Alex Lyon like that? Yeah, well, I think he, I think the he's- greatest goaltender in Fly- Flyers history. Why isn't he the starter? I don't understand it. I don't know if anybody really said wanted Yale, to happen. Said But people Yale, did yeah. people did like that he had a couple of okay games. Yeah. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did okay. Yeah. I mean, I was I remember losing literally my mind. he did
1: okay. I remember losing my mind when they signed him as a collegiate free agent and then uh that was that was pretty much the most exciting guy about Alex Lyon. He's been kind of you know, he's still here. Fine. I don't know if he's going to become <laughs> anything, but he's definitely He's not he's the literally... guy he's not be planned. <laughs>
0: That's literally like every collegiate free agent the Flyers oh have my ever God. signed.
1: That's literally every collegiate free agent almost ever. I mean, there really hasn't... Every one of them has been way overhyped and then kind of been a dud. Yeah, because Lion and Mike Vecchioni.
0: <laughs> Mike Vecchioni Almost won a Hobie Baker. Matt,
1: Matt Reed, too. Matt Reed was one of the original collegiate free agents. Matt signed. Reed's
0: I, the best college free agent the Flyers have had. And had. Then he had a Straight like a,
1: up. Yeah, 20-goal season and then kind of... Had a couple couple twenty goals.
0: He, he was fine.
1: He was fine. He um, was fine. Yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, not collegiate free agent signings, but younger players that are kind of making an impact, I think two worth – I put down two names that are worth watching during this series. Uh, just Barry Kake Nami and uh, Nick Suzuki, who are both pretty good. Uh, Kake Nami had a pretty difficult season, got benched uh, for a while. His numbers – on any surface don't look great uh however looked pretty damn good in terms of underlying numbers in the uh, penguin series and also scored two goals uh suzuki had a pretty good season all around uh again like to know he had pretty strong defensive uh effects on the team when he was out there uh that the canadians just gave up less chances and less high danger chances when he was out there had 41 points 13 of which were goals this season in 71 games and again For a guy that's been was kind of thrust out there and expected to provide a defensive role uh, and not playing top line minutes, I think he's playing around like 16 minutes a night to get 13 goals. That's that's not too bad on a team like the Canadians. And if he's going to be with Gallagher and Tatar, that could be a name that you see providing an annoying goal. Uh, You know, maybe squeaking in there. But uh, that so they they're switching up the lines. Is that's a good move by Claude Julien because then that at least gives the Canadians' top six, a chance to... I mean, they're going to be fighting upwards because I think both the Flyers' top lines are better than either of of these two top lines. But I I don't know. Again, I just don't think... The Canadians have depth, but I think the Flyers can match that depth and the ways that teams usually bank on looking to beat a team going in as great underdogs, I, I think kind of goes against how Montreal's played the whole year, and I don't know... The Flyers are going to give them those opportunities. And, and you know, upset's can happen anytime any time in hockey. And I guess we should look at, Carey Price really is, you know, with all this said, uh, the series is going to come down to Carey Price. Because uh, I don't think, there's no question about who the better team is. There's no question about who should carry play in the series. There's no question about yada, yada, yada it all comes down to whether or not Carrie Price can stand on his head and steal a one or two for the Canadians because I think they're gonna have to win in a long series and I don't think they are gonna do it with Carrie Price playing average um, so in the postseason so far he's gone three1 and l 947 save percentage uh, and he had a shutout in game four against Pittsburgh this season he was 27 25 and six with a 909 save percentage and four shutouts uh, and again as Pierre LeBron said before the tournament started and we all kind of made fun of him or at least you and I did Steve uh, Maybe those naps, I don't know, maybe those naps are helping out. Uh, I mean, his numbers did improve, uh, did come up big at times against uh, the Penguins in that series. So maybe, uh, maybe a well rested to Carey Price. Maybe we shouldn't have been making fun of uh, Sleepy Time with uh, Carey Price there. Seems like he, I will uh, make
0: fun of Sleepy Time <laughs> until the day I die. <laughs> I, the, I guess the thing we're making fun of is the fact that, you know, Carey Price's reputation it doesn't really matter how Cary Price p- plays over the years. His reputation is cemented as one of the great goaltenders. In the yeah, game. yeah. Oh yeah. And uh, don't get me wrong. He's been good this year on a shitty team,
1: but yeah, he's still
0: not. I think. It, well, and, and as I said before, I think it really took a combination of both him standing on his head, Montreal playing, you know, good hockey, probably the best hockey they could. And the penguins just not really fully showing up to, To win that series.
1: Yeah, I mean, that was the... I think the Penguins' third line looked like shit that series, too. But it really was.
0: And the Penguins don't have the depth. And this is where the Penguins have beaten the Flyers in recent years, you know, besides having two to three superstars on their team. (laughs) It it, it was having that scoring depth. Was being able to you know, roll line after line. And it wouldn't necessarily be the best players, but they would have fast players. They would have just good, competent hockey players down the lineup. And that made a huge difference.
1: Yeah. Like they, Rutherford did a pretty good job of plugging in uh, players that fit in the Sullivan system pretty well. And it was back, I mean, they did have Kessel that helped the uh, depth a little bit there too. And of course, when Crossman and Malkin are on their game, it kind
0: of makes it hard to match them up uh, against
1: against anybody. But yeah, that's the thing is like the.
0: And when they had Kessel in there, man, like, you know, make fun of Phil Kessel as much as you want. That guy can score freaking goals at the end of the day.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I think like the like looking at it like that, the the way that the Canadians beat the Penguin is just like, I I don't think I really I don't know. I don't think they can do it the same way against the Flyers. I think it's going to be a lot more. I mean, uh, I think Charlie was talking about it too, in terms of like uh, zone entries and whatnot. But the Canadians are really good in terms of carrying the puck into the offensive zone and keeping the Flyers from, or keeping their opponents from carrying the puck into their defensive zone. So they're good at forcing dump ins on defense and carrying the puck into the offensive zone, which is better at creating scoring chances uh, at five on five. But the Flyers, I think, did a pretty good, apparently, did a pretty good job of forcing the Canadians to dump the puck in. And then the Flyers dumping the puck in plays their advantage because they're a strong four-check team. Um, but, like, I, you know, like, I really just don't – I just don't see it. I don't know. I just don't see it. It's really the Care-Price angle That's what it's got to be. Care-Price is going to play over his head and do things like he's going to have to win one or two games, if not more, where he's facing way more shots – than the Canadians are producing and it's going to come down to the Flyers, not being able to like a lot of these goals. In the round Every
0: game is going to have to be a Neuwirth game.
1: Yeah. Like it's, that's really what it is. Cause like I'm, I'm thinking about the four check and stuff. and like, a lot of these round Robin games were just Hayes and companies getting in on the four check and causing problems. And Hayes just collecting loose pucks and creating chances like that. And like, I think the Canadian, the Canadians have speed, but some of these guys, yeah. like, some, some of these guys when to get pinned their own zone, I think are going to struggle when it comes to, the, like, the Flyers can keep that their third pair in the defensive zone and kind of pin them in there. I think the Canadians are going to have a, a lot of problems. And I think they're going to be able to do that. I think Metsay-Oulette is going to be a pair that if you get that Hayes line out there or the Katori line out there and they're able to forecheck, get somebody deep in and forecheck on them, I that, that pair is going to unravel. And again, the Flyers don't have that a reciprocal pair where the Canadians would claude Julian sitting there like, all right, we go straight at Hag and Braun and we're gonna get a goal or two a night like that. I don't think they're they're the weak point on the team, but I don't think they're that that poor of a tandem. And again, if you put ghosts in there, I don't not like two games of ghosts really illustrates all the problems, but you get a guy in there that can kind of move the puck out of the zone, slash create a little bit of offense. I have a little bit more faith in that pair, and then they don't really have Beyond that, I mean, the third line has kind of looked off and uh, more to the Flyers' depth. If that line starts to get going, uh, I don't think they really have – one of those lines is going to have to defend NAK. And I know that sounds like a crazy thing to say after he had one two-goal game in the postseason. But, like, they're going to have to leave – if if they match top six line for top six line, JVR, Grant, and NAK is the Flyers' third line. I know that's not sexy, and I know JVR hasn't done a lot recently – but he is a streaky goal scorer, so if he uh, hits one of these right streaks in the playoff series here, and the Canadians have to figure out a way to shut him down too, and then leave the Hayes or the Katori line open, uh, you yeah, know, I that doesn't sound like good news to me. I don't know. And, NNK... and we've seen
0: JVR, I mean, it's been a couple of years since we've seen this happen, but we've seen JVR dominate in playoff series before. Yeah. Uh, the guy's streak. <laughs> there's no doubt about it, but when he turns it on, he is a force, and And AK, man, like, he four-checks hard, and the reason he was such a pivotal part in these games was because the the defensive efforts of the Bruins, of the Lightning, of the Capitals uh, were being spent on the Flyers' top two lines, so that's where you can get them. If you can outplay them on the bottom six, you really have a huge advantage.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, What was the point... So the Flyers also ended uh, the round robin with the lowest uh, expected goals against per 60. Yeah, they finished with 1.88 expected, uh, no, 1.51 expected goals against uh, per 60, which is the lowest, which was the lowest in the league. Um, And I think, like, that's a big thing, too, when it comes to the Canadians. I think one of the main ways they, one of the big things up front for them on offense is Gallagher just kind of getting into the slot and causing problems. And the Flyers have been one of the better teams in this round, Robin, and they've gotten better at, during the season at just not letting teams kind of get there and create. And that's going to be a big thing to watch is to see how any of the pairs work against Gallagher in front. And I don't know if, I don't know if AV would be tempted to put Braun or Hag out there against them, but that might be an issue where they kind of run into problems is, he tries to get too cute, and maybe matches him up against Gallagher line, and then uh, Hag or Braun lose a couple puck or uh, net front battles, and then it causes some issues there. But I, yeah, I mean, he's
0: got to worry about Gallagher smashing watermelons into the net. Right <laughs> right now.
1: <laughs> that now, see, that's what he should add to is as soon as he scores a goal, puts on a mar- mustache, lays out a tarp, pulls out a mallet and a watermelon, and he just goes, he just goes to town that's uh I
0: mean, brendan gallagher and the montreal canadians i hope you're listening because this <laughs> is an entire bit that you guys could be doing social media on the jumbotron there they, yeah you know there's just the... endless possibilities this is free money that flyperbole is printing up for you or i guess uh the flyers forecast oh i was
1: gonna say and by the way free. speaking of free money uh if you do have this if you use this idea in the future we know we recorded it and we're looking for that cut, baby. So, uh, that ain't unlike needs some the cut
0: that the flyers have given us for any of the ideas that for the us. waiting for the money on this
1: uh, the assembly room. We're still waiting on that pretty much. That Chucky trades, whatever other kind of bullshit oh, they had passed off as their own idea. Yeah, a lot of-
0: I'm just waiting for Large Elaine <laughs> <laughs> instead of Big Al. Love Large Elaine. Elaine is here. Oh my god, and the
1: butt. <laughs> Group. Now would you do would you do large Elaine or Lane like apostrophe L A I N? Large Lane.
0: Oh my God. Then you get the double I think Large Lane is already copyrighted by the Eagles, right? Oh, good bit. Lane Johnson. Uh, yeah. yeah. And I, I guess I don't I, think they've ever called him that, but you know.
1: Yeah. I, and also I don't for... think I think AV. Nobody like
0: needs to call him Large. He's just a mountain yeah. of a man. It yeah. is known.
1: If A V and Lane Johnson go through a fist fight. Who would you have? I know the answer. I just
0: wanted you to hear me. Ask oh, that, A.V., but...
1: obviously. <laughs> yeah, obviously. A.V., I don't know. Obviously, I'm not AV AV. over
0: the, it is prime athlete. <laughs> A.V., I, I think A.V. used to fuck some guys
1: up back, oh, back in the day. He seems like a guy that got into a couple bar uh, brawl back in the day. I, A.V. I was,
0: yeah. is 100% at the top of my list for flyers I want at yeah. my back in a bar yeah, a whole Fly Under Quarantine episode, if we so chose to produce it. If we, uh, yeah. I would want AV and TK at my side, and some stuff's going to happen. Who knows what, but some stuff's yeah. going to happen.
1: Oh, oh, there's definitely going to be stuff that's going to
0: happen, yeah. Stuff and uh, all the stuff that goes with it. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. One of the storylines I'd like to talk about, and this is probably the biggest from a narrative standpoint, Carter Hart is entering his first actual playoff series, and that first actual playoff series happens to be against his idol, Carrie Price. His actual idol, Carrie Price, who he admitted to actually staring at too much when he actually got the play against him down the other end of the game. Something I don't anticipate happening again, but right. I mean, this is a big deal for Carter Hart to go up against his idol in his first actual playoff series. I mean, this is huge.
1: Yeah. It's a, and again, I think the goaltending is maybe the biggest X factor in the series. Cause both goaltend, both goal is, it's going to be a wide variance of what their series is going to look like. Cause Carter Hart could still have those, those Ricky yips and kind of get caught up in the moment too much of like playing in a series against Carey price. But I, I don't know. All that other stuff with like the the rookie mental blocks that usually would have come up along the way. We haven't really seen them with Carter Hart. And again, he's a guy that's been able to compartmentalize. Like he's been like in this round, Robin, he's been fine. Like and he came through the Bruins were putting a lot of pressure on late in that game where they could have easily gotten a goal or two and he stood stood on his head. I mean, and I guess the lightning.
0: He looked great in the round, Robin. I mean, he just looked mentally focused and locked in just everything you want.
1: And again, that lightning period, third period wasn't exactly encouraging for, you know, the the Flyers' response to a talented team trying to come back. But Hart looked pretty good uh, in terms of just shutting everything down. And uh, yeah, and going back to that Lightning game, like that was, yeah, you're right. It was the Lightning knowing they need to score some goals in the third period, so they're going to be able to. That's why I'm scared of the Lightning, is because they are a team that can fight through. I think fight through the Flyers' forecheck when they're up late in the game and have the offensive talent to dance around players and create an offensive zone.
0: I will say, though, the Flyers' defense did a good job of limiting quality chances during that flurry by the Lightning in the third period. Yeah. It wasn't great that they got pinned back, but I wouldn't say the Lightning necessarily got a ton of high-quality chances out of that whole sequence. Yeah. Also, like, again,
1: in that game, Niskanen... I don't know what the hell is up with Niskanen. Like... Maybe there was a check Angeline on the minivan, or like he didn't grab the right amount of capri suns, or like whatever, like other responsible dad joke. I don't fucking know, now, but he just had a bunch of bad reads in that game. Like there was Carter Hart made a bunch of saves in the first period that were just created from, like Niskan made a bad read on a two on two rush and came over and helped off. and I think like Kutrov walk in for a breakaway and Hart stopped that. And then there's another like breakaway chance that the lightning had in the first period that Hart turned away. So again, it wasn't, I don't know, like he's shown the fires are taking away defensive opportunities, but it's not like they've left. They haven't, they've left Hart with no work to, at all. He's done pretty well in taking away a couple key chances here or there. And I think um, like, again, I just, I don't know. I don't see the mental aspects being the thing that makes Hart falter here. I I don't know. I don't really know what would. I think the other things, like, I feel like Gallagher could be a nuisance in front. No watermelon or or mallet or hammer, but like, just in front in terms of screening and redirections and everything. But outside of that, I'm not really too worried about I'm not really worried about Hart's, like, mentality. You know? I'll say that another time. (laughs) I think he'll, like, I'm not worried about him in this series uh, at all. I'm kind of interested. This. I'm more worried about Carry price possibly going back in 2014, 15. Carry price is all.
0: Even with that as a potential factor, I mean, I really think the Flyers forecheck is good enough to overcome that. Like, carry price is just going to have to play. Like, I don't know. I, I just think the Flyers are out shooting opponents so much and playing such sound defensive two way hockey. I I just don't see the way the Canadians win this unless carry price can also go down the other side of the ice.
1: score <laughs> yeah that's gonna be the thing is like they're they're really i i think they're gonna have to rely more on uh on how they kind of beat pittsburgh but i just don't think they're gonna have to lean into uh like there are just gonna be times we're gonna play, be playing defense for shifts or periods at a time and i don't think that's really i don't think that's their ml i don't think that's the way they're built and uh it's gonna be like the flyers aren't going to open up the floodgates to the canadians like they're going to have to they're going to have to claw by on some really really low scoring wins i think
0: and like I was yeah. more worried about potentially facing the Islanders than the Canadians, and the Islanders are the kind of team that does shut down the Flyers and mm. knows how to for some reason. And I just don't think Montreal's got that same level of—I uh, don't know. Barry Trotz just knows the Flyers, and he just knows how to shut it down. Yeah, I just don't see that happening with this Canadians team because I just don't think they even have the the level of annoying talent that the Islanders have. I think
1: the Islanders—I mean the Islanders too—just have a lot. Their system works pretty well. They have the right pieces for the system. And their defense is a little bit bigger and better in the defensive zone. I don't know. Like, uh, yeah, you're right. Trouser says he just has it down to his science. And I, that's not the Canadians. So, I right. mean, I love Julian. I I remember one, I remember <laughs> Steve Wittenep back in 2017 when Claude Julian was fired by the Bruins and hired by the Canadians. And we talked about whether or not the Flyers should have fired Hackstall for him and uh i remember saying we should have but i was all right with them hanging on the hackstall to give him a little bit of time so past craig god damn it what a terrible opinion that was because uh it, it was so fucking bad because hackstall didn't work out you know right he did I, wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't say hacksaw worked out i can't get i can't get over the fucking fact that maybe Feliz lost like again last night i mean i you know and again, the truly the tragic, Jackets, let me tell you, <laughs> the Blue Jackets it couldn't happen away. to a nicer genius. Like the Blue Jackets got that, got that Warinski shot. He was able to drift it through traffic and get it in. And then they just kind of sat on that that goal all night. Like that was the difference in the game. And uh but see, the, the Maple Leafs, I don't think are there when it comes to. Like, just I don't know, teams get get their number and then kind of shut them down. We've seen it with the, the Bruins in the postseason, too. Uh, I,
0: I think that's one of the factors with postseason play. And it's one of the, you know, age old adages, right. Is that defense wins championships, but it's, I mean, we see this year after year where the offensive teams go in and they look great. And they're like, no way these offensive powerhouses get shut down here and they get shut down. Like Tampa Bay for years has been off a, a team of offensive powerhouses. And it's only now that they're actually playing sound defense and consistent defense. And we're talking about a team that's got Victor Hedman and Andre Vasilevsky. So it's not exactly like they were lacking in those departments, but they were right. known more for their offensive systems. And, but we see that we in Toronto, they don't really have a defense. They have a decent goaltender, but they are an offensive heavy team and they just can't win a playoff series. And the Flyers, you know, when Drew and Voracek absolutely were killing it the other year, they <clears throat> didn't win a playoff series with that, you know, it's you have to play sound two-way hockey if you want to advance in the playoffs and i mean barry trotz as i this is not a barry trotz praise podcast as much as it might sound like it, but <laughs> i really admire what he's done over the years and how he has taken these teams not usually with great talent like with washington he finally had great talent but mm-hmm. for years he had teams with just shit talent not shit but you know just mediocre talent and he'd take them pretty far in the playoffs
1: dynamic they not a lot of dynamic offensive talent I guess is the way to put it like even when he was in Nashville he didn't have guys like Arvidsson and uh, Philip Forsberg to like go out and create offense out of thin air for him Uh, and even in New York I mean like New York he has bars all and that's essentially like he's the really the only like guy that can kind of create offense out of thin air on that team and uh, i think the caps like that was the ideal situation for him cuz that was just a lot of talent and they bought into the system and then they just just rolled through teams um i think so i think another angle i want to talk about that we haven't talked about yet would be uh special teams and that's another way again if the canadians are going to do this they break even at 5 on 5 or they lose the goal battle at 5 on 5 or they uh yeah break the goal battle at 5 on 5 and then the Power play and PK kind of take over, but that's not really going to be. I mean, the Canadians' power play uh, finished. Um, where does it say? Twenty second in the league with a seventeen point seven power play percentage. Nineteenth uh, with the seventy eight point seven PK. And then in the postseason, the Canadians, as well as the Flyers, are two teams that have yet to score a power play goal. The Canadians are zero for twelve. Flyers are zero for eleven in the bubble. Uh, and then the the, the Canadians' PK. Uh, 82.4 percent, uh, 14th. They've allowed three goals on 17 kills. So, again, the Flyers power play you know, that's another reason why this series looks kind of close because the penalty kill is the spot where teams can take advantage of the Canadians as well. And the Flyers power play has been, well, ass for a minute and has been ass in the bubble. So, that's a thing that kind of plays into the idea or the narrative of like the Canadians having a chance here. But I look at that as you know the Canadians gave up three, it was to the Penguins, so you're talking about like Crosby and Malkin on the man advantage, but still gave up three power play goals in a series and like in four games and won that series. So if they're giving up, like if we're talking about everything that's going to go on, and then you toss in a couple special team goals like the Flyers' way, I, I don't see how the
0: Canadians do it.
1: Like, you <laughs> never
0: succeed when you mix ass and bubbles, let me tell you.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's just there's a lot of bubble bass that can prove that point, you
0: know. Uh, I guess
1: I. <laughs> So I guess that's a joke. I don't. Know. <laughs> I guess that's a joke for that. I don't know. Uh, I was but... thinking
0: like a pool or a jacuzzi, but you know, bubble yeah, we'll bath baths oh, also. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Uh,
1: jacuzzi, sure. yeah, jacuzzi, yeah. Well, I was thinking like I don't usually just have my bare ass out. First of all, I don't usually take bubble baths. Uh, you know, that's I don't usually... think you need
0: a bare ass to make for a bubble bath. Well, no, oh, oh, yeah, okay. oh, okay.
1: yeah. We're, yeah, we're on gotcha. different pages here. Yeah, we fact. are different pages. Yeah. Well, jacuzzi, I mean, is a natural. Yeah, I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah, you can. Yeah, I gotcha now. All right.
0: All right, Start so mobile the... <laughs> conversation. Flyers forecast. Let's talk about the Montreal Canadiens.
1: Uh, look, at, look at El Ciro on the uh, Canadian special teams. Uh, Tatar led, and speaking the how, I guess, not threatening the Canadians power plays, Tatar led the Canadians with eight power play goals. Uh, Suzuki had six. Uh, each of them led Montreal with 14 power play points. Tatar is tied for 31st uh, in the league in power play goals, and uh, the 14 power play points is tied for 83rd in the league. Uh, and power play points. For perspective, the Flyers uh have Giro and Proveroff who each had seven power play goals this year and Connect led the team with 23 power play points. Uh Kaneckni, Giro, check and Proveroff all had 16 power play points or more. So all of them would have had all of them would have been power play point leaders on the Canadians. So like right now the Canadians power play has been struggling. That's always been the one thing that people look to and I was like, well that could be better. But like you can't like if you're looking for ways the Canadians to win, you can't really go with the special teams angle either because their penalty kill isn't completely taking away power play units, and their and their um and their power play isn't really anything to be scared of. So really, there's just it's every way you look at it, I feel like there is a big advantage for the Flyers the Canadians have enough of a counter punch or have enough of a balance to answer it where the series can just kind of look closer than it is. Or it'll look I like... I just
0: like that with the Canadians. You're, we're worried about stuff we were worried about in the playoffs from a decade ago. Shea Weber and Carey Price.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know, and they're all coming back. Yeah, so that's... uh, And it's, you know, it's funny. Uh, they aren't really like the two... Again, That I'm going to be interested to see how Weber and Sherrod play because uh, they kind of... Have been playing a little more offensively than you would expect out of a Weber pair, uh, but they like the the top four from Montreal can't falter at all. Let Met uh, Metz aren't gonna uh, they're not doing shit. I, I mean, like that's the pair, you know. Like in the past, when the Flyers should have a playoff series, you couldn't play like you'd have to play literally just the top pair because you didn't want the rest of the other the rest of the defense out there. I don't think Julian wants Metz and Ulla out there. At least based on the numbers and how they looked so far in the series. So again, I, I, I'm waiting for AV to pinpoint that and take advantage of it at some point in the series. If not one, if, if not more than once. Um, and, uh, well, you want to talk about, uh, you want to revisit some of our old friends real quick too, see how uh, a bunch of former flowers are dealing with the Canadians this year.
0: Oh man. I love visiting old friends <laughs> and the Canadians, are just chock full of the guys that you never wanted to talk to again after high school.
1: Yeah. And I didn't even put Phil. Oh, well, Phil Verone got traded. Phil Verone got traded, but, uh, yeah, that's right. but yeah, these guys, out of you know, high school acquaintances, I really don't give a shit about now. So Nick Cousins, perfect example, 22 points, nine goals this season in 58 games. Jordan wheel had 15 points, eight of which were goals in 49 games. Dale, Elise, five points. One of which was goals. In uh, 23 games, Christian Foley and two points in 16 games. So, surprise. Dale Weiss,
0: <laughs> De- Dutch Gretzky.
1: <laughs> surprise. They're all still pretty bad. And Jordan Wheel and Dale Weiss right now, like Jordan Wheel, I think even got scratched from being on the fourth line in the Canadian series. Jesus. Dale Weiss has been. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know what Mark Burr's ran. I, 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 I almost on feel like this is. With all those guys, I, but yeah.
0: I, I almost feel like that it's at this point, like. Back in the nineties on SNL weekend update, Norm McDonald would just always go like and OJ Simpson, still a murderer. Like <laughs> I-, I feel like that's us with Dale Weese at this point. And yeah. Dale Weiss, still terrible at hockey.
1: Yeah, but like just the update that nobody needed. Like still still doing pretty fucking bad at
0: this shit. Uh but yeah. Or that- like a that- no shit Sherlock kind of like <laughs> Germans uh. love David Hasselhoff. <laughs>
1: The Germans love Dale Weiss. He's just... And do you blame him? I mean, he's such a... When I watch Dale Weiss play, and I definitely recognize when Dale Weiss is on the ice, I think to myself, he's good at hockey. He's got it covered. He's pretty good at this sport. I,
0: I literally can't think of one redeeming trait for Dale Weiss. Like, with Andrew McDonald, it's not <laughs> redeeming, but I remember that he really liked to try and block the puck. Like, he was dedicated to... <laughs> to blocking hockey pucks. He didn't do it well, but he tried, damn it. Dale (laughs) Weiss, I can't think of one distinguishing trait.
1: All I, like, the only thing I'm going to remember for Dale Weiss was he was the first article for Brawl Street Hockey. was his season preview. And it was pretty much me talking about how, hey, when he was on the ice last year, the Flyers gave it less chances. And that was the big selling point. Nothing else. Not like, Here's why it was just like uh, happenstance when he was out there. <laughs> they coincidentally didn't grow up chances. I don't know what he's doing. I don't think he's doing much. But and he like that and uh, doing the uh, the PR work with Haxtell in Calgary during the ten game losing streak in 2017 18. Like going into the stands and I don't know making sandwiches for kids and high fiving people like that. That whole thing, uh, like him and Haxtell going like being the people that were just kind of talking to Flyers fans at like. Was like one of the lowest points of enjoyment, and like the franchise has had in a while, is just yeah. That, that's going to stick with me for a minute. Uh But that's uh, th- those are the former Flyers. Christian, I don't I expect miss those to... guys, man. The, yeah, the ex
0: Flyers <laughs> report. I miss those guys every much. I miss Jordan Wheel's aunt, who loves me so much.
1: <laughs> Jordan Wheel.
0: And by the way, speaking of like if people, if people aren't aware of this story oh, yeah, like that I'm all. just throwing out there. I, I did a, when Jordan Wheel got traded from the Flyers, I did a, a th- I, so I used to do a, a number of like satirical posts for previous sites and I, I've done a couple for Broad Street Hockey, but like I put this one out there that basically the Flyers got rid of the clubhouse cancer with like Jordan <laughs> Wheel and everything's going to turn around and Jordan Wheel's aunt took this seriously and it was <laughs> not, not ideal. <laughs> I got, oh man, it's, I couldn't believe it. Like, I, uh, this was, that was something else.
1: Yeah. But, uh, uh real quick, uh, as we're, uh, burning up Jordan Wheels, yeah, I do want to talk of, like, Jordan Wheel is an example of, like, how the Canadians got lucky in that first series, too. Cause Jordan Wheel gave a pass to Connor sherry in, like, the final minutes of game one. And then Connor sherry just missed the whole fucking net on a penalty shot. And that could have been a goal, like, that could have put the Penguins up in Game 1, and then the Penguins stayed Game 1. So they had that, and then in Game 4, Crosby hit the post late in the third period of a zero-zero game, and then Lekanen stands in the middle of all the Penguins and scores to put them up one nothing. So, like, there were two, like, again, those are two moments in that series that could have just completely changed the complexion of the series, and they were both, like, inches away from, from happening. So, again, like, you know... I don't care how much one wheels Ant calls us like they're, they're going to need more than that to get the uh, Canadians going here and get some offense from the, uh, from Montreal. So,
0: so you're not uh, thinking a Montreal Canadians win in this series is what you're telling
1: I'm, me. I'm saying no, uh, I'm saying no at all. And
0: I'd like a again, prediction,
1: Craig. I flyers with five. I don't know. Like I see That's my prediction. Yeah. I see the Canadians. I see players, I hate
0: sounding confident. I hate sounding confident. It's weird. It's I hate weird. believing in the Flyers. <laughs> like it's it's a- weird. I know it sounds terrible. Like I record fly- two Flyers podcasts a week and to say the phrase I hate believing in the Flyers is insane. But like, it- it's true. Like, it just feels weird and wrong and like everybody's confident. Oh, Eric comes like, con- no, I don't even want to think about such positive thoughts yeah, oh, until no, we're...
1: It's very really weird. Close. This is just a weird, like... For us, it's just a weird,
0: most of the times in the
1: past, and even in playoff series, you come down and break it down. I'm fucking, we're really, I'm negative. I like, I always bury the team, and it's harder to, uh, this is hard now because the team
0: is good. I've been one of the most optimistic Phillies fans over the past few years. And by optimistic, I mean going, well, I don't hate everything.
1: <laughs> and I like, like some
0: things. But like now, it sounds like we don't know what we're talking about because we're just like, yeah, it's all
1: good. There's nothing to complain about there's no way to talk about how this should be better it's like yeah the top six is fucking killing it the top four is like one of the best top fours the flyers have had in a minute they got crazy death uh we're fucking blowing up nak and he is i think kurt said it and it's pretty true he's like the eighth or ninth best forward on the team and like nobody has a problem with nak like it's a weird it's a weird feeling like because in years past you get down to like four or five and like they became very divided in the city on like whether or not that dude should still be here. But
0: like Chris they're... Vandervelde is actually good at defense. Why would he be out there on the penalty kill? Well, maybe they don't know what they're doing. <laughs> that would be the debate back and forth. Yeah.
1: And yeah. it was just, but I really, why would,
0: why would they get rid of Belmar? Belmar always tried his, be- he's not good. What do you yeah. mean? He's not good. Like it would be shit like that. I mean, There's really
1: like, like honestly, the only big thing right now, and I, I may even be the only one even mentioning, but like, I think Nate Thompson would be the only one, but he hasn't really, again.
0: Nate Thompson, like Shanghai, to spare Robert Haig. And like, but like, uh, Thompson has
1: been an anchor. It's not like he's been an eyesore out there and he's been a like a complete no. failure. And he's like, been even now.
0: Perfectly fine fourth line center. Yeah. And like, like even Hag and Ghost. He's certainly better than throwing me. Dale Weiss out there or Valtery yeah. oh god, Yeah. And even like,
1: so like, Hag too, again, has gotten a little unlucky during the round robin, but. Slayed as best as you could hope for during the regular season before the pause. And it looks like Ghost has kind of I don't know, man. I'm not gonna say too much about Ghost. It's just been he looked all right in that game before the pause, had another surgery during the quar like during the um during the pause, and then looked pretty fucking good on Saturday. Looked really good. That assist good on, on the better.
0: first goal was pretty freaking and, nice. and
1: he did, uh, not to plug my own goals article, but I will plug my own goals article. Did a lot of stuff on that first goal. Got in on the four check, forced a pass, came back to the point and picked up the loose puck at the point, and then somehow drifted a shot through five people in front for a redirection. Like that was, that goal was a lot of ghosts, and that's. That's something that I don't think that pair can offer with Hag and Braun. I don't think Hagen Braun would have gotten that far in on the the before, or at least gotten to Sorelli to break up that pass in time on
0: the And they play different games entirely. Like I I fully acknowledge that. And I the thing about Robert Haig, and I think we've said this before, is like he's praised for his his hitting and his defensive defense play, but like I never see the hits. (laughs) He's not like ultimately Ultimately, I would take almost, I would take anybody on this defense over the guys we had, you know, four or five years ago, like over the Nick Schultzes, the Andrew McDonald's, uh, the Nick Grossman's. Yeah. You know, I'm trying to think of some of the other guys we had that were just god awful back there on defense. Like the, yeah, just these like, uh, Chris. yeah, but he, I, I I never liked him, but you know. he's Manning, did you say Brennan Manning at... Oh God, I, I tried to block him out.
1: Yeah, there you go like uh, I would take Mark sorry. Friedman
0: over most of these guys and Mark Friedman's the emergency guy
1: yeah no I no, I I will take mark and you know some of that has got to be again and I'll say it too there like I think that's this is the best hag looked in a season or hag looked for in a season for forever because I think it's part of the system and I think uh to that my big reason for putting ghost in is because hag and braun are both the same defensemen. And we've seen so far in the round robin, their lack of ability gets them in the trouble. It led to the goal against uh, in the Bruins game. And then the second game was, I mean, they lack of mobility and they, they can't afford to have miscommunications on defense. And I think during the round robin, they were the pair that had the most amount of miscommunications, or at least going back and looking at some of the goals and scoring chances. And you can't really, you can't really afford to lose half a second if you're also the slowest pair on the ice. And that was what happened on a bunch of the goals against the flyers where brawn or hag looked around for half a second to realize where they should have been started darting in that direction and then just left too much space for a goal to happen. And that's, uh, again, like ghost is exactly the fastest player out there, but I would, I think he's faster than one of those two. Uh, and I think, I think adding an offensive element for a third pair where you can kind of shelter that guy's minutes and kind of let him off at certain points like he did for that fourth goal i think that's i think that's. i mean he's
0: probably the fourth fastest right. guy on this defense right now right like i mean he's certainly not faster i would say than, than proveroff myers or sanheim but i'd say he's probably faster than niskanen braun and haig uh, yeah no that's fair uh, niskanen yeah yeah, he is. He might brother. be tied with Niskanen, but I, I still think he's faster than Niskanen. I, know, I think he might actually be faster. Let's than time him out. Intro. Let's go, boys. <laughs> and then,
1: like Niskanen too. Like I remember saying earlier in the year, my big fear with Niskanen was because he was a little bit slower, and because he would collect and hold to the puck in the defensive zone, I was worried there are going to be times where he would lollygag too much and try and read the forecheck, and then teams would harass him and take the puck away. That happened a little bit earlier on, but like again, there really hasn't been, besides Saturday's game. It's not really much a bitch belt, Niskanen. He's kind of been on his game all year long, which is, yeah, we we can't stop saying it enough. But and again, like that Niskanen, pro We even talked about like the defensive effects of like one of the Canadians' lines is going to be matched up against Katoria, and then is also going to have to face Roth and Niskanen, and whatever the Canadians have is nowhere near as good as Boston's top unit, whatever the fuck the Lightning are offering. And, the Caps top six. So that's the other thing I'm looking at here is like, we just saw the week of the flyers pretty much spanking all those teams. And now you're going to put them in front of a team that has nowhere near
0: as much like dynamic capabilities on offense. And listen, have you seen Provov in this postseason? He looks like he spent three months in the mountains <laughs> training like Rocky and Rocky Four. that just crazy <laughs> beard, that crazy hair. It's amazing. He, I, <laughs> nobody should mess with that. Nobody wants to get in the way of uh, Provorov right now. He is a force to be reckoned with. So just stay out of the way.
1: He just found a cave somewhere in Russia where he just etched drawings of like defensive schemes and defending man rushes and caves and then just did wind sprints and, you know, back checking drills. So he's just been, he's been training like a monster and it's all going to pay off here. Ivan am Provorov, uh, yeah, just one and two deep training where he just isolated himself and always come out half man, half machine, half animal, half however many halves you need to create just a <laughs> fucking hairy shutdown defenseman. So,
0: yeah, that flow is obnoxious.
1: That flow is uh, I like it, though.
0: That alone but is going to win the Flyers this series. It's a that,
1: fact. Yeah. People, players are gonna be mesmerized going to be like god damn look at that goddamn lettuce and then they're just he's gonna blow, blow by people and start an our man rush so there's a lot of x factors that's an x factor people don't want to talk about is uh hair so what are our x factors
0: Proveroff's hair
1: and price, Carey price <laughs> and uh
0: well, Carey Price and Carter Hart and Carter Hart's admiration. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. thing right there. That's an X-Factor. Uh, Shane Gostisbehere himself is the X-Factor. He might as well be wearing, like, a Racer X mask on his face. He's such an X-Factor. Yeah. And, <laughs> I mean, N.A.K., man.
1: Yeah, N.A.K. Like, I, I think that third line is, if that third line starts clicking this series and they start looking good, I, I don't know what the Canadians are going to do. Because then they got to move one of the top six lines off of that, off of one of the Flyers' top six lines, and then they're just going to cause problems for, yeah. Like their top. You like... better watch out, brother, because any <laughs> KGB is coming for you with Bobby the Hitman Hague. Even if they even like matching the fourth line, like uh, you know, I just said the thing about Thompson, but I think the fourth line might be Ferby Thompson and Pitlick. So I'm fucking yeah, sure. Let's just let Pitlick, Flyers... man. Like yeah. Pitlick's
0: one of those just. Ple- pleasant surprises this year. Farabee looked great in the Lightning game. Like that, that goal he scored where they played tic tac toe with uh, off with the shuffleboard, like poke check. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Or with the shuffleboard uh, yeah. poke check. Yeah. And that was, I've never seen that. That was amazing.
1: On Sorelli, on who got a lot of hype for being uh, the Selkie finalist this year. So that's why I love that play because it was just Sean Couture pantsing another two-way, like, dominant two-way center, and I, nobody's talking about it. <laughs> like, Couture is not only looking like one of the best two-way centers in the league. He's just going out there against the other silky finalists, and he's like, is this a guy you thought was good at defense? And, like, reaches around him and, like, takes the puck away. Like, because I just, you know, you saw that, right? <laughs> um, you know? You seen so, this? You heard about this? Yeah, you seen this? Uh, I'm still, uh you know, it's looking bad out here. Uh... <laughs> I wanted to, I wanted to go over the playoff history real quick and then we can do players of the week and then, uh, pretty much to
0: call it a night. This is a,
1: five, and this is a forecast right here and it's fair. Cause we're doing the whole, we are doing the whole series, I guess. Um, so yeah, let's forecast next
0: up. week. will not touch this one.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. No. And again, it's just going to be pretty much breaking down how the series has looked and then give you guys the times and, of the the final games that they are needed, but anyway, uh, playoff history: the Flyers have played the Canadians six times. Uh, in playoff history, the Flyers have won three series. Canadians have won three series. Flyers beat the Canadians in six games during nineteen eighty seven Prince of Wales Conference Final, which then put them oh in the baby Oilers <sighs> and yeah, I believe Rick Tockett scored a goal late in the third to put them. Home in uh, Game Six there. Uh, 2008, they beat the Canadians in five games. That's one of my favorite series of all time because Canadians fans are obnoxious, and they were the one seed in that postseason, and they just beat the eight seeded Bruins in seven to, uh, seven games, and then started burning cars in their city because they were that pumped. And then the Flyers dropped Game One in that next series, and took the next four, and sent them packing thanks to a Scott Ups- Scotty Upshaw redirection late. And then Mike, people, won the flyers, uh, flyers slower forward, putting home an empty net goal. All I heard about that series was how the Canadians were going to kill the flyers with their speed. And then Mike Knuebel's being out somebody for an empty net goal at the end of the series was kind of fitting and felt great. Uh, Say what you will then, about
0: Philly, but we wait to burn cars and eat horse poop until we actually win the championship.
1: Oh, yeah. No, well, there's there's a time and place for burning cars and, you Lighting stuff on fire and you know wrecking a city and eating and that, horse poop after and eating horse poop. That's I know that's very and that's all. It. And it's all after your team beats the Patriots in the Super Bowl. I feel like that's a, that should be somewhere in like the bylaws of America. If your team beats the Patriots in the Super Bowl, you have one day to do whatever you want. I think that's fair. you have
0: one purge day and that's it. <laughs>
1: uh, and then the Flyers also beat the Canadians in the 2010 Eastern Conference Final. Of course, everybody I think remembers that five games. Richard Schiff and gained five to tie up the game, leading ultimately to a win. And Michael Layton pitched three shutouts in that series because why the fuck not? Uh, the three times the Flyers lost uh, to the Canadians in the postseason 1973 semifinals, which back then was the round before the Stanley Cup final, and the Canadians won the Stanley Cup that year. So, nothing to worry about. Uh, Flyers were swept by the Canadians in 1976 Stanley Cup final. So, of course, that's a little fun fact. The Flyers went to three straight cups, could have had three straight. But faced the fucking Canadian dynasty that won four in a row after that. #1976, uh, um, four in a row. Yeah, #1976, uh, and then, <laughs> and
0: then
1: uh, in 1989 they lost in six games during the Prince of Wales Conference Final. That was the prop hit in game one, and then Hextall murdering Chelios at the end of the series. So that's uh, that's playoff history. And man, uh, I miss those
0: conference names, and I miss man. Hextall taking out fools with his blocker. God
1: damn, he got him pretty good with that hit. But those, yeah, those, those, the runs in two thousand eight and twenty ten are the big reason why I, yeah, started writing and stuff about the Flyers. Two thousand eight too is like one of the lesser talked about runs. But that was a year after the shitstorm that was two thousand six, two thousand seven, and then they beat the Caps, which is that's always big news for me. And then they beat the uh, beat the Canadians. It's like two teams I kind of just hate their fan bases. they stuck it to him, so it was, it was a nice run in 2008. We don't need to talk about the Eastern Conference Final that year; just the first two series. That's, that's all. It. No, yeah, that's it. Nothing else happened. That's Nothing else happened. They canceled
0: it. Yeah. Uh the players. Uh, players of the week. Players of the uh, week. So the last week. week, last week, I was yet again correct in my assessment, and I chose Scott Lawton to continue being red hot, and yeah, lo and you know behold. What? Scott Lawton continued being red hot. He almost had another goal too. came ever so close but not so much. but uh, Washington, two goals, one assist, three points, Tampa Bay, one assist. so that is four points over two games from my boy Scott Lawton. God
1: damn. God damn then did I I picked Phil Myers, I think.
0: You picked he Phil was. Myers, I believe and you know I love Phil but uh, no points in those two games. God damn!
1: No points. Whatever. I mean, this is okay. So look,
0: but it's clutch time now, Craig.
1: I was gonna say we gotta have a conversation here because I like the Flyers. I don't know if you guys know that. You do. I think you like. I think you like the Flyers too. Uh, and in the best interest of the Flyers, you whoever you're picking, they listen and they're like, "Good fuck, Craig. We need to get we need to get Steve <laughs> back on the scoreboard." <laughs> so what we gotta do? Because I want the Flyers to win, and I'll put aside all the jokes about how bad I am predicting games aside. You got to pick two people again. Like we got, we got to oh, do wow. it. wow! Because we need, we need two. We need. I mean, if we get a week of two Scott Lawns for the last week instead of Scott Lawn and uh, Phil Myers production, there, you know, the Flyers will take it. So we need uh They just playoff series. We just talked about how the Flyers don't need that much help necessarily, but give them that uh, Steve Jack a touch. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. See well, uh, I I consider going with. With Scott Lawton again, but you know you got to uh, mix it up. You got to mix it up. You got to spread the wealth. Yeah. I'm gonna go with one of his line mates of late, though, with Kevin Hayes. I think Kevin Hayes they has said. been playing great. I think he's working really great with his uh his fellow jerk Travis Konechny, <laughs> Full jerk store lineup there with uh, Lawton Connectney and Hayes together.
1: A line, I believe, is uh, what we're calling that now.
0: I like that. I, I can get down Yeah, that, I, yeah I can get that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I can get Absolutely. That. Never shut up. and <laughs> yeah, Exactly. And just
1: connectly talking shit all the time. I can, so I can get behind I'm, that. Yeah.
0: I'm going with Kevin Hayes. And my second pick, I am going to go with Kata Hot. Ooh, okay.
2: All right. We don't choose a lot, a lot
0: of... of goalies in this, but I uh just love what I've seen from Hart so far. And I'm excited to see him go up against his, his mentor, go up against his Obi-Wan Kenobi. Hopefully it ends better for him than previous fights with uh, uh, somebody going up against their mentor, Obi-Wan Kenobi.
1: Don't spoil it for me.
0: Don't spoil Revenge of the Sith from many, many years ago.
1: Don't. I'm, I am got a DVR. I'm about to watch it right now. <laughs>
0: the dialogue's very bad. Okay. All right. I'll see. I'll find out but Kevin Hayes and Carter Hart is who I'm going with for my, my players of the week this week. And we shall see what happens, but I am excited to see what, what happens. Uh, This team is very hungry for playoff success. You can tell that they want it. You can tell that. I mean, it's not that other teams haven't wanted it. Like that's always been a a big joke of ours. It's just like, uh, well, they just didn't want it enough, but like (laughs) there is a level of, swagger these guys have there is a level of confidence and Uh, intensity that these guys bring that other flyers teams haven't necessarily brought like they just look like they believe in themselves but it's not like overly believing in themselves you know like uh it's the appropriate amount
1: (laughs) yeah no i know what you mean like they're not getting ahead of themselves but no i agree there's a certain air of confidence with this team that that's why i was like saying the idea behind, like, I'm not worried about the pitfalls that cost the Penguins is because I think the Penguins and Flyers are a lot different places right now when it comes in terms of, like, confidence. Uh, I think the Penguins may need a little more luck landing Lafreniere today than they realize, uh, and I think this year they've kind of started slowing down, and I think this was the year I said I didn't really expect them to – I thought this might be the year that it finally catches up to them and they can't use Malkin Can and Crosby to the postseason. They almost did because Crosby was out and fucking Jari stood on his head forever. But I, I just think the Flyers are very confident right now. Yeah, I agree with that. Like I think that that's a big, that's a big thing that's going into factoring the outcome of the series. Like it doesn't look like they're it, they're not nervous about what the Habs could do. They're pretty confident in what they're doing against the best teams in the league.
0: Yep. <laughs> I think we've all, we said all we could possibly say on the matter. This podcast twenty more minutes for for a Flyers forecast. This has been a mega podcast, now, but I have no look, regrets because this is a I, full series of yeah. you. Yes, you can.
1: I was just gonna. I was just thirty five more minutes about the icing
0: differentials I found at the second Paris. No, you Here's can't. Wife, okay.
1: All right. Let's just wrap it up then.
0: Let's wrap it up. I think we have said our piece, but. This has been great. I'm so excited to get to the playoffs. I'm so excited that the NHL is actually nailing it so far. With the bubble and COVID mm-hmm. and everything, I mean, you've got a note here that they completed the second week of its phase oh, yeah, to play with no positive test results for COVID nineteen amongst the seven thousand two hundred and forty five tests administered. Testing was administered on a daily basis to all members of the club's fifty two member traveling parties, including players, during the period from August second through August eighth. So that's awesome. The fact that. They still have not had any positive ones. The bubble is working so far. Hopefully the bubble keeps on working. So I don't have to feel guilty about enjoying sports, <laughs> but yeah, obviously no, for the health yeah. and the benefit of all the players instead of my enjoyment. But it's, right. yeah. it's great that they're, they're nailing it so far. It's, I did not expect great. the NHL to nail it and continue to yep. knock on wood that it, it keeps going well.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I really can't believe that we're at this point. I remember, I remember, I remember my big fear being that once they got into the bubble, there's just going to be a bunch of stragglers. There's going to be like eight or nine positive tests, and then that'll be a, lead to a whole thing where whole teams were it, like we saw with the Marlins. But the league, I got to give it to them. They really they cut out all the possibility of that happening, and now that they've gotten into the bubble, it seems I, like the threat is always there, but they're doing all right right now. They're doing oh, pretty
0: absolutely. well. absolutely. Yeah. I mean – and the NBA has been doing a good job of it too. but even then mm-hmm. you had like Lou Williams from the, the Clippers, yeah, go out and, time, so time, you know, yeah. enjoy himself a little club action and have to get quarantined. So, so yeah, yeah, always yeah. concerned. And we don't actually know beyond these updates from the NHL, just how much is going on with the COVID because you have absolutely no indication of what's wrong with a guy when he's out of a game, which is yep. a policy they have uh, chosen to adopt for this. And all right, so be it. Uh, but hey whatever it's working so far and i am very happy about that so uh we'll have full breakdowns of the rest of the playoff matchups and predictions on fly purpley later this week Mm -hmm. uh we'll be recording that on thursday evening for friday right craig
1: yep yeah and we'll have uh and i mean we'll have more of a breakdown for game one too uh and if I could uh, get in there and plug it, I'm hoping to have the goals article out by Thursday, uh, maybe Friday. I'm hoping I'm hoping Thursday though, uh, so then you can read it on Thursday and then watch the game on Friday. Rather than read game one on Friday and watch game two on Friday, if that makes sense. But yeah, I'm hoping for Thursday with that. Friday it will be out before game two.
0: All right, we'll keep an eye out for that and be sure to follow Craig on Twitter at Sports Are Bad if you wanna. Keep an eye out for that tangy tent. You can follow me at Esteebaum or at Flyperbole, but for your hockey needs, make it Flyperbole. Follow BSH Radio, follow Broad Street Hockey. Be sure to check out all of the great podcasts that we have going on on Broad Street Hockey right now. Uh, we got checking out the competition, Kelly Hinkle. We have BSH Radio, the, you know, you know BSH Radio. Come on. Yeah, baby. you know I'm BSH sure Radio. You do. Come on, come on. Uh, and you got Bill Matz's post games, which are now on Twitch. So be sure to check those out. Uh, but yeah, that's all we got, but lots of great content coming out for you as the Flyers make their playoff push. And if you are a new Flyers fan, uh, listening to this long ass podcast and you have any questions, be sure to ask us on Twitter. Uh, if you're asking about one of our weird inside jokes, like big Al and the ass crew or something like that, uh, we will be sure to address what the hell we are talking about. But welcome. If you are a newer Flyers fan, welcome to the bandwagon. Welcome to the resistance. We're happy to have you. On
1: <laughs> oh yeah! If you, by the way, if this is you know you are a bandwagon and you're welcome. But also, don't ask us why the podcast is so long, or you're off the bandwagon.
0: Oh, that's the one question we don't want. No,
1: that's yeah, it's, don't, no, fuck that. But you, you're welcome on the bandwagon. Yeah, enjoy the So It's hockey. It's, yeah.
0: I'll, I'll answer any other question about the podcast. I just won't answer why it's so long because guess what? That's this, just the, that's the ride.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's you know you bought the ticket, enjoy the ride. So no more, you can't.
0: Yeah, this is it. Yep, can't alter. This is it. it. So. <laughs> That's 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 all I got. No no takesies, backsies. (laughs) All right, gang, that's all we got. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time in the words of the great Gene Hart, good night and good hockey.